I got a Facebook invite to attend a funeral for a cat. And I don't really know what to do with that information. There are some initial questions. Am I old and out of touch? Or is this just a thing now? Or do I need to unfollow someone? Either way, get off my lawn. Welcome to the Atomic Skull Podcast. My name is Matthew, and it is so great to be talking at you guys again after last week's unfortunate incident of someone hijacking my shit show. For the record, I don't give two fucks about Disney princesses at all, and I guess I should sort of thank everyone for their responses to last week's Gold Star question. I'm also a little offended by all of your answers, which I may or may not get to this week, you fuckers. I will tell you that of the many answers that I received, not one of them were repeats, and I'm not really sure how to unpack that, you fuckers. There's just a couple of things that I want to mention before I turn it over to previous Matthew and Amir to bring us home with the 90s movies. Not only am I confused about the whole cat funeral thing, but... I read in an article that Florence Pugh, who is a total cutie patootie, had said that she, quote, abused herself for her role in Midsommar. If you haven't seen Midsommar, it is a two and a half hour reminder that if you are going to do psilocybin mushrooms, one, pick a familiar place, and two, Make sure that familiar place is not in Sweden. Florence Pugh had said in an article that she abused herself for her performance in Midsummer, and I am confused about that particular sentence. First, because I don't really know exactly what that means. She didn't really expand on it from what I saw. And second, because she abused herself and was also abused, I'm not really sure who to cancel. I think I'm just going to play it safe and say Bill Cosby. The main thing that I want to talk about before we get to the nerdy 90s is my sheer dumb luck. Now, I know when I say that, it sounds vaguely hopeful, maybe even favorable, but anyone who knows me or has listened to even a few minutes of this shit show knows that I'm about to pop that bubble of positivity right the fuck out of here. While I do have some fantastical strings of good luck that have been nothing short of pure fucking miracles, ask me sometime how I made $3,000 playing video games in 45 minutes. Today, I want to talk to you about the ridiculous level of bad luck that tends to follow me around like it just got done smoking a blunt and I have a pocket full of barbecue chips. And look, I am not asking for pity or sympathy out here. It's just the way it goes. I'm not telling you that I am the unluckiest person in the world. Far from it. Somebody used to be married to Marjorie Taylor Greene. Life is all about counting your blessings. There are some people that when I talk to them about how I have this weird ass level of bad luck, they either straight up say that they don't believe me or they try to tell me that I'm just being negative and I have to approach things with a more positive outlook. With all due respect to my amazing badass grandmother and my amazing cock-blocking mother-in-law, both of whom have told me that I'm being too negative and that it's all in my head, Fuck right off with that hippy-dippy Tony Robbins bullshit. After I talk to you about this particular situation coming up, you can reach out to me 
at atomicskullpodcast at gmail.com and tell me how a positive outlook would have changed anything about what happened. Before I get into this, you and I are going to both take an oath for and with each other. And I am dead ass serious right now. My right hand is currently raised and my left hand is... I mean, it would probably surprise none of you to know that there isn't a Bible anywhere remotely near me. I'm waiting for one of those Gideons to sneak into my office and hide one in a desk drawer, but I think they only do that in hotels. But my right hand is currently raised, and my left hand is sitting on a crossword puzzle book that is on my desk, and I can assure you that is every bit as sacred to me as a Bible isn't. I swear that what I am about to tell you is completely 100% a true string of events that all happened consecutively with zero hyperbole or extra salt added to it for flavor. You are going to get this whole thing exactly how I experienced it. You have my word, okay? Now, I want you guys to raise your right hand safely. Let's not put anyone in harm's way just to indulge my stupid little bit that I'm doing here. But as long as you're able to safely raise your right hand, place your left hand on something that matters, and repeat after me. I promise that I will not feel bad, sad, or sorry due to anything I am about to hear. But if I do feel bad, sad, or sorry, I will send $6.50 to at Atomic Skull Podcast on Venmo to buy my 14th favorite podcast host a coffee. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. All right, now that we got that out of the way, I want to tell you guys about the story that I am going to call The Long Bad Night. Get the fuck out of here with those sound effects bullshit. Jesus Christ, man. Editing Matthew can be such an extra dramatic bitch. All right. So the story starts with me at work. So stop number one on this adventure is going to take us right into the Dildo Chronicles. It was my Friday after working six days in a row, and I was exhausted. I was scheduled off at 7.30 p.m. I had a few errands to run. I was going to treat myself to a full-flavored iced coffee beverage and then head home to take a steaming hot shower that is so good the weekend would write an entire album about it. It was a slow day, which was kind of a bummer as far as sales goals are concerned. I can't go into it too much because they made me sign an honest-to-goodness NDA about the numbers, but it isn't always all fun and games selling dildos, you guys. We actually have sales targets that we have to hit both personally and as a team. But it was a slow day, and it wasn't that I didn't care about the numbers necessarily, but I just wanted to go home and take my fucking pants off. 7.15 hits and I've got 15 minutes left until I am fucking out of here. 
I am communicating with my team about some things to get done during my days off, giving a little bit of motivational and moral support, throwing out a few A-plus jokes about butt plugs. Physically, I am still in the building, but mentally, I am thinking about what celebratory playlist I'm going to listen to while I run my errands. 7.20 hits. 10 minutes left. That is when it happens. A bachelorette party comes in. I had heard about these when I first started at the dildo store, but I had never actually seen it happen in the wild. Seven women, all drunk. Somehow, all of them are wearing sashes. They're all, I don't like, I don't know how to say it in a way that I like want to. My notes for this literally says for this particular part, you'll figure it out as you're talking, but I will clearly not be doing that right now. There's a couple of tequila shots that I took beforehand that will see to that. Just please take what I am saying at face value. They were all loud and extra. You could tell that on site, but it wasn't in a bad way. The terms loud and extra imply negativity and headaches, but they weren't that at all. They were out celebrating. They were acting celebratory. It was not an issue. They were also fucking fun and delightful. I have two associates closing that night, and there was no way they were going to be able to handle this group plus whoever else was coming in on their own. No fucking way. And I am not the kind of person to leave anyone, either personally or professionally, high and dry when they need help. Fuck it. I am staying. Now, the ladies themselves, like I said, were fucking delightful, if not a bit of a handful. I found out that almost all of them were from Chicago. Perfect. I threw out some Lou Malnati's jokes, a couple of Malort references, easy peasy. Check out episode 24 of The Shit Show if you want to know what I'm talking about when it comes to the great city of Chicago and how I know it. I asked what they were doing for the rest of the night, and I was told by multiple of the women separately that they were going back to their Airbnb, they were going to dress up in sexy lingerie and watch movies. Apparently, that does actually happen in real life, fellas. Don't give up on your dreams. So about halfway through ringing out all of these lovely drunk bitches, the POS system goes down. And this was not one of those, have you tried turning it off and turning it back on again situations. The entire hosting service goes down. No POS access, no system access. Now, I have been in retail long enough to know that no POS access does not mean we stop selling people shit. We are there to take their money. The one single iota of good luck in this entire story was a couple of days before I happened to come across the credit card imprint reader that the dildo store keeps around for just such an occasion. You know, like one of those old school, like, kachunk machines. Blessed be. I finish ringing out the lovely ladies and I show my closing team what to do so they can take people's money until the system comes back up. About an hour after my shift was supposed to end, I am finally off like a prom dress. It is 8.30ish and the first stop on my errands of justice is to go to Best Buy, specifically the store that I used to work at, to pick up a pair of headphones that I ordered. It's about... 
10, 15 minutes away from where I work now. One of the reasons that I left the company when I did was that they had announced they would resume pre-COVID operating hours, which means on this particular evening, they would close at 9 p.m., no problem. The big old TV screen on my car with the map on it tells me that I'm gonna get there at 8.49. I love technology. I arrive at 8.49 to find out that the store closed at 8 p.m. I text one of my old friends from the store and ask them why exactly the fuck the store is closed when it was announced that it would be open later. They texted me back the next morning telling me apparently they just said fuck it and went back to post COVID hours after the holidays. Dope. Luckily, stop number two was Total Wine, and it was right next door to Best Buy. And buddy, Total Wine was most certainly motherfucking open. And thank God for that, because after leaving work an hour late and my first stop being useless, I had myself a mighty need. I go in for my restock of tequila, and I am an old enough fart to where I have my particular brand and I am not the least bit interested in anything else. I walk into the building looking forward to taking an ice down shot or two when I get home to wind myself down. Guess what they were out of? The small bottle of my favorite and the big bottle of my favorite. They had everything else, fucking everything else, plenty for me to choose from, but because I am old and crotchety and get off my lawn, the gap on that shelf seemed big enough to drive a fucking truck through it. Fine. Stop number two, also wasted. I am batting a thousand right now. I do not like where this night is headed, so I 86 my few other stops and start heading home. But I will absolutely not be skipping my full-flavored iced coffee beverage. Motherfucker, if I have to tear the universe another black hole, that coffee is going to happen. At every single red light, and maybe a little bit while I'm driving, I order my coffee through the Starbucks app to pick it up at the location that is eight minutes away from my place. I set it for in-store pickup because I don't mind getting out of my car and it always takes a fraction of the time as opposed to the drive-thru. I get to that Starbucks and I go up to the door. There is a note on the door that says the lobby is closed for the night due to some whatever fucking bullshit reason. I couldn't see it through all the red that I was seeing at this particular moment. drive through only is open, which I would have skipped had I known that only the drive through was open, but they let me order for in-store pickup on the app. Is this a first world problem? Yes. Am I still allowed to be pissed off about it? At this particular moment, I didn't fucking care. I go into the app to try to cancel my order. Nope. I am on the hook for this fucking order whether I pick it up or not. So I go to the drive-thru. 32 minutes, 17 seconds. No bullshit, no hyperbole. I fucking took an oath. Why do I know the exact time? Because when I got to the drive-thru, I knew that I was going to be talking about this whole fucking dumpster fire of a night on the show. And I wanted to time it because I was one. 100% sure that it was going to take forever, and they did not disappoint in the way that they completely fucking disappointed. But wait, there's more. I'm sitting in the drive-thru, and my car starts to overheat. The light comes on, telling me it is getting hot. Perfect. I am stuck, 
There is nowhere for me to go. My only option is to blast the heater to try to counteract whatever the fuck is going on in the potential death trap that I am now sitting in. I finally get to the window. The person working at the window doesn't even acknowledge me as someone who exists. Now, my first job as a kid was working drive through at McDonald's, and I was good at it. Yes, I was late to most of my shifts because I was getting blowjobs from a walking, talking red flag with massive jugs. Suck my ass. I'm a human being. Let he or she that has not made massive mistakes when they were young throw the first stone. But I took pride in the job that I did being at that window. It fucking mattered to me. The person at the Starbies drive-thru didn't even look at me for at least two minutes, which I know because my fucking timer was still going. Now, why does that piss me off so much specifically in this moment? Because my fucking coffee was sitting right at the window the entire time, literally four inches out of my fucking reach. I try to get their attention with the nicest white person, non-threatening, Cat Stevens, excuse me, that I can muster up after the events of the last couple of hours. Nothing. I try again with a little more oomph. They're literally leaning up against the counter, playing with the paper bags and staring into nothingness. Still haven't fucking looked at me. I tried two times to play nice and I have fucking had it. I finally hit them with a, hey, my drink is literally right there. Can you please just give it to me? Their young ass had the audacity to roll their eyes at me for doing that. And I did feel like an asshole doing it. I still feel like an asshole. But also, what the fuck ever, man. I drive away, hauling ass home before my car fucking explodes. I take a drink of the coffee that I waited 33 minutes for. And it tastes watered down enough for me to clearly realize that the drink also waited 33 minutes for me. Fantastic. I finally get home. And the cherry on top you guys. The chef's kiss of this entire fucking debacle. I walk through the door. I am not in the building for five seconds. I step in dog shit. All of this happened, you guys. This whole fucking story took place in under two hours. And I mean it when I tell you don't feel bad for me. When the light came on telling me that my car was overheating, the whole experience went from frustrating to pure fucking comedy. And I just started laughing. This kind of shit is not isolated for me. Sometimes, like I said, it is just the way that things go. No best and worst of the week this week. Next week is just going to be me back on my regular bullshit. But I do have one hell of a song of the week for you guys before I throw it back. I am about to speak several sentences that I never thought I would say out loud. And the further I get into this, the wilder it is going to be. We are going to start with this little appetizer. I was headed into Hot Topic to pick up a welcome mat. Weird, right? Just wait. I was about to get out of my car when a song came in rotation that I had heard about but had not 
yet experienced, and it blew me away. It was one of those sit in a parked car and listen level of good. Here is where it gets fucking crazy because I never in my life thought that I would speak the following sentence. Brace yourselves. The song of the week is T-Pain covering War Pigs by Black Sabbath. And oh my God, it is so fucking good. It is the best cover that I have heard in years and I am shook. Who fucking knew T-Pain could sing Ozzy so well? I will never fucking be the same after hearing this song and it is playing non-stop. It is on the Atomic Skull podcast songs of the week playlist ready to blow you the fuck away. Good night. All right, you guys, that is it from me right now, but I am going to throw it back to previous Matthew and Amir finishing up our top three goodest movies of the 90s. And you guys, if you are enjoying us nerding out, please let us know what list you want us to do next because we are already chomping at the bit to start another series. Thank you guys so much for listening to me and for listening to us. Let's fucking go. Take it away, boys. So for number three, I am just going to do a moment of silence for all of the legendary 90s comedies that I am about to sacrifice. Oh, man. All right? Groundhog Day, Adam's Family, My Cousin Vinny, Kingpin, Wayne's World, and Austin Powers. And fuck it, So I Married an Axe Murderer, which is still fucking funny. It is. Galaxy Quest. Oh, that's a good one. Friday. Yeah. Office Space. Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Life, another fucking good Eddie Murphy movie that doesn't get enough credit. Yeah. The Birdcage, Rush Hour, Clerks, Sister Act. Oh, man. And there's my moment of silence. Mm -hmm. My number three choice is the comedy fucking classic, Dumb and Dumber. Oh. Cannot have 90s lists of any kind without Jim Carrey. And by the way, The Truman Show is not on my list because I had my movie snob choice. Yes. I wanted to pick The Truman Show because it is a mind fuck that is well acted, but god damn it, man. I want to decapitate myself for not picking it. Dumb and Dumber was <clears throat> the classic comedy. Yeah. When I fr- I mean, I was a teenage boy yes. in the 90s and that movie was made for me. But as an old man, I watch it again, and I'm still laughing at every single fucking joke. Yes. Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels together. There's no beating those two. It just, it didn't get any better than that duo together. And it's, it's so quotable. Like from the start, from the. (laughs) <laughs> the good day mate <laughs> like, yeah if you, put a shrimp on a bar babe. like if you haven't seen dumb and Dumber, oh man it is it is the comedy for the ages it yes. stands up i remember talking to my acting teacher in high school about how dumb and dumber was one of the greatest comedies of all time and she's like well that's not going to stand up against things like young frankenstein and blazing saddles i was like fuck you oh. this movie is going to stand up against all of that it did Yes. And it has. Yes. And everyone 
has seen it. Everyone has seen it a ton of times. Yes. Everyone fucking quotes it. Yes. It is a motherfucking classic. Yes. And I'm always in a better mood after watching it. Yes. Right? It's okay. I'm the limo driver. Like, it's quotable. It's just fucking, you can quote it and you laugh 30 times after seeing it. Oh, man. And and this is where I say um, you're going to enjoy the sound of of kids and taking a shot. Oh, son of a bitch! Because my next one was Dumb and Dumber. So he's going to go ahead and uh, going to do that. (laughs) <laughs> listen listen dumb and like he's like he said dumb and dumber is that movie it is that comedy it you it just doesn't get old and for me it came i, I, I was going back and forth between the two movies that and mrs doubtfire yeah and i i miss i love mrs doubtfire and i'm still a little sad you know, I couldn't get Robin Williams right on this one because Robin Williams had some killers in the nineties, <sighs> man. Did. He Even did. Even Flubber was yes, good. Flubber, I love Flubber. Yep, Jumanji. Yes, yeah. Jumanji, really good. I did talk about because you know my my guy Amir over here. I kind of went all in on Mrs. Doubtfire last week. He yeah. hasn't listened to last week's episode because uh, he's he's on vacation from work. Yes, and he's been spending time with his lovely lady, and he's been yes. living his life a little bit. That's okay. Yes. We get to when we get to it, and yes. it'll be ready and waiting for you when you get there. But yes. I kind of go all in about how Mrs. Doubtfire did not age very well. Yeah. Which it didn't. Yeah, Robin Williams was true. the bad guy in that movie. He was. He was the bad guy. <laughs> he was. The thing is, is that he was so goddamn likable. Yeah. And looked so good and played it so well. Right. That none of us even noticed. No. For twenty he, fucking years. Yeah, he was a sh- he was a shitty father. He was. He was a he was a hundred percent shitty father. <laughs> he he shitty spent father. most of the movie lying to his kids. Yeah, he did. That's not okay. <laughs> but he was great at impression. So we yeah, right. Movie. So it's all you know? it's all good. <laughs> R.I.P. Robin Williams. We're not giving him any shit. No. If anything, we're giving no. the writers of the movie shit. Yeah. Which they might still be alive. I don't really care. Yeah. But, yeah. Exactly. But R.I.P. Robin. Uh, so this shot of tequila, which is going to be a little bit on the warm side. I want to dedicate this to uh, Lloyd and Harry, who, who spent lots of money turning their van into a dog. Yes. And becoming accidental FBI agents. Yes. Luckily, you know, he didn't get shot in the face. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that was a risk they were willing to take. So, uh, oh God, fucking tequila. Here we go. All right, let's do this. <gasps> there oh, it is. Oh. Oh it's man, warm. it's it's warm. And to the kick his ass, sea bass. <laughs> <laughs> I should have I should have done a boiler maker. Oh All right. man. So, <laughs> ow. So for my oh god, I'm glad it wasn't my lord. So for my number two, I wanted to take a left turn, but I wanted to do it legitimately. Something that I actually do watch a lot that is a good movie. Mm-hmm. And A True Unicorn is a okay. good action movie where the action is secondary to the story and the character building. But the action is central and is still fucking legit. You wouldn't even consider it an action movie. Okay. Except for the fact that the fucking action is so good. And that shit never happens. That definitely never happens now. But it happened in the 90s. The Fugitive, Uh which The Fugitive is like 
my one that got away. If we had uh, 12, The Fugitive would have been number 12 on my list. We had Heat. Oh, man. Saving Private Ryan. The Fifth Element. The Crow. Falling Down. Fuck, fuck you remember that shit? Falling uh, Down? I do. Yes. Uh, Patriot Games. Silence of the Lambs. But for me, something that is super high on this list that deserves more credit than it gets. And I'm so fucking pissed that people don't talk about it more often. It is a classic. It is one of the best movies of the 90s. Leon the Professional. Oh, man, that's a good one. I was not expecting that. Uh, Yeah, I wanted to do a left turn, but a left turn that that. is fucking legit. It is... uh, Fuck, I can never remember the dude. But little tiny Natalie Portman in her first role... Right? Yes. And we're not talking about the Phantom Menace Natalie Portman from 99, no. right? We are talking about no. young Natalie Portman who got found by a fucking hitman, yes. right? It was basically, it wasn't, I say this because I'm not going to compare it to anything else, but it was Man on Fire, but in the way, like, it was nothing like Man on Fire at all. Right. And the ending was heartbreaking, but also hopeful. Yes. The action was fucking awesome. Yes. The character building was fucking great. Yes. The whole style of the flick was super, super good. Yes. That's another one. If I find it, if I see it streaming, because it streams from time to time, if I see it, if I find it, I fucking love Leon the Professional. And if you've never heard of it, check it, because it is great. Yes. That's That's my number two, for sure. That... Which is a good one because that oh that never gets brought up. Mm. One of those one of those hidden gems. Yeah, it's it's it was phenomenal, and I, I was not expecting that. Yeah, just like you may not be expecting uh, my number two. Okay. Um, this was after uh, Space Jam and fucking blank check. That <laughs> <laughs> <Nah>, I'm not. <laughs> I don't know what and to expect, man. <laughs> there's, I love heist movies. Oh my god, I fucking love heist movies. And. Heist movies have a special place, and there's been some great ones over the years. Yeah. And there's always one in the 90s that honestly got overlooked. Mm-hmm. You couldn't put a better cast of people together, and it worked because no one really thought it would work. Um, set it off. Fuck yeah, set it off is set so it off. good. So set it off, you had Queen Latifah. Iconic. Oh, uh, I mean. It, Love Queen Latifah. It's and this was Jada Jada yeah. Pinkett at her height. Like yeah. this 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 was her role, basically her movie, her and Queen Latifah. Yep. Um Vivica Fox. God like, man, she was hot back then. She it was, was hot in the day. And it was um, anyone who's seen the movie The Town by yep. Ben Affleck, yep. that was literally set it off. Yes, it was. That he was just a, almost a direct ripoff yeah, he, of set it off. He, he yeah. It's a better version. Yeah. He he made set it off into a Boston thing and it was yep. and it was good. I loved it. Yeah. But set it off did that first. Yep. And you had four badass women. Yep. They were Robin Banks. Hell yeah. And it had a good emotional story. Yep. Um I think Jada's brother gets killed in it, which is mm-hmm. why, like, they had this little vendetta. Like, it, yeah. it had everything. Mm-hmm. And that is still one of my favorite heist movies. Yep. And something that gets overlooked in the 90s. Like, it does. In general. It does. 100%. Yeah. I love that flick. Oh, set it off is fucking great. Yes. Also, a left turn. Yes. I love that, dude. Yes. I love that. And yes. I love heist movies. I could do a top 10 list oh, just yeah. on heist movies. There's oh, actually yes. one that I wanted to include that yeah. I thought was in 99, yeah. but it was a little bit later, and I was kind of pissed 
that I couldn't include it. Well, I'm not going to tell you. And the reason why I'm not going to tell you, you guys, is you let me know because we can do, before we get to number one, Mm -hmm. we can do another one of these lists. Like, this is just fucking, this is fun. This is fucking easy work for us. (laughs) We can do one. We can do the goodest movies of the 80s. We can do the goodest movies of the aughts. Like, we have talked about the flicks. I have a couple of preliminary lists on deck. So if there is one that you guys would like in particular, you guys tell us which one. Mm -hmm. And I will have my dude here back very soon to drop more movies hopefully whatever next list it is yes won't have blank check on it (laughs) (laughs) yes oh man fuck yeah all right so the number one for me because i took a left turn for my number two i want to get right back on track and i want to go iconic 90s was the birth of the blockbuster popcorn movie right yeah independence day yeah home alone yeah the mummy yeah. Right? Batman Forever, Twister, which yeah. you mentioned, mm-hmm. even like Ghost, which I fucking love Ghost. Yeah. I am so sad that I couldn't put a Whoopi Goldberg movie on here. I yeah. really, I fucking love Whoopi in the 90s. Yeah. I love Eddie in the 90s, yeah. right? Yeah. Makes me sad that I couldn't do that. Armageddon, which is oh, yeah. for a bad, good movie, because Armageddon is not a good movie. No, it's not. But I have a lot of fun with that. Like, I, it actually hurt me to not include it. Yes. But for my number one movie, of the 90s goodest best and everything in between something that has it all a movie that has everything Mm -hmm. popcorn movie when i first saw it in the theater it was the first time that the energy was just electric in the room it was a saturday night it was sold out everyone walked out of there fucking fulfilled and happy and felt like their money was really well invested and that is the iconic Jurassic Park. Oh man! And I'm gonna. What a good fucking movie, man! I'm gonna be honest. I'm jealous. Yeah. That I didn't have Jurassic Park. Oh, dude. That is. I saw. So I, I told this story before. Jurassic Park. Watching that in theaters is what made me fall in love with the theater experience. Absolutely. Me too. Me fucking too. The water. Seeing the water, like the tremble from the water. Oh God. Like from the T Rex. Yeah. Oh, still one of the most iconic sounds and scenes yes 100 percent. and, and uh, j- comedy yes drama yep uh it's fucking the comedy stylings of jeff uh, goldblum yes. who who was the backbone of that movie yes right yes and uh it had a little bit of a so it had a romance but also a love triangle yeah, sure but did. both of those things kind of took a back seat to the actual story yes which was very fucking cool yes spielberg who is one of the best filmmakers of our time yes did a phenomenal job with cgi he yes. didn't have a lot to work with right but yeah. he did some things that were cgi he yep. did some things that were animatronic yep. and you couldn't tell the fucking difference no no. It was so good. And Jurassic Park for me is one of those movies that is great, yes. but also good. Yeah, it's a generational I, movie. Absolutely. Yes. I am pissed that it didn't win Best Picture for that year. It wasn't even nominated no. because it should have been. Yeah. It had, that movie fucking had everything. I fucking laughed. Yeah. I damn near fucking cried. Yeah. It it really did everything that it was supposed to do. And it showed me how good Spielberg can be 
when he is trying to blow the audience away, which he hasn't done in a while. Now yeah. Spielberg is just making... He's done it all. He's yeah. making movies for him, and that's fucking great. Yeah. But I hope that before he retires, because he's getting up there. Yes. I hope that he makes a movie for the audience. I hope he makes a movie where he's like, you know what? I'm going to kill it, because Schindler's List, he, he right. made that movie thinking, you know what? I'm going to fucking make the audience feel fucking yeah. everything, right? Yeah. I like Schindler's List, but it would never be on this one because no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No. I, I don't want to rewatch that movie. No, no. I watched it twice, and that is plenty. Yeah, I've seen but it twice. That's yeah, it. that's enough. Yeah, but Jurassic Park, man. Yeah, if we're talking Spielberg movies, it's it's probably the one I've seen that he's directed probably the most. Yeah, not associated with because he was associated technically with the Goonies. I've seen that more. Right, but Jurassic Park and Jaws. Yeah. Or go just, they fight it out as yep. the ones I've probably seen the most. Right. And that is a true blockbuster to yeah. the fullest. Yep. And it has everything. And I think that's why it didn't get nominated. Right. Because it's a blockbuster. And, you know, as soon as you throw a blockbuster in front of something, it's automatically yeah, back, disqualified. Especially back then. They're going to just, you know, they're going to remove it. Now they'll throw your name in, in, the, in, in there just to throw it in there to get some eyes on it. But they're not, you're not going to win. No. Um, but. That is still one of the best, just one of the most satisfying movies to date. Definitely. You know, which my number one yeah. is is very satisfying. All right. And and, I'll, and this is a true story. I actually uh, wore out the VHS tape of this movie. Okay. Fuck yeah. Um, I had to throw a holiday movie in there. Okay. It is one of the most iconic. Uh-huh. And I always cringe at the fact that there is a healthy-looking plate of mac and cheese that does not get touched in this movie. Uh-huh. And it pisses me off every single time. <laughs> and Mac that... and cheese is delicious. <laughs> Atomic oh. Skull Podcast is going to take the stance that mac and <laughs> yes. cheese is fucking delicious. I love mac and cheese, and the fact that he didn't take a single bite of this mac and cheese still pisses me off to this day. And that is Home Alone. Home Alone is fucking incredible. It's amazing. I, I know every word of that movie. Yeah. Yeah, I wish that I could add it on. Yeah. And I mentioned it. Yes. Because it's one of the ones that I really, really thought yes. about. I watch it every year. There's a lot of holiday movies that I love. I like yes. Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yep. But the one that always makes the list. Yes. Right? The Santa Claus usually makes the yes. list. Yes. Jingle All the Way mostly makes the yes. list. But Home Alone is the list. It is. You can't have a Christmas list without Home Alone. Yeah. And it still gives you a look. We don't know what the family did for their money, right? Officially, yeah, to afford that house with all those those kids in it, um, and the trip to Paris, y- exactly. And you know, look, for getting kids behind, and you know, I mean, there's 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 a lot of things that that movie could have ended in five minutes. Let's yeah, be yeah. really honest. <laughs> that could have not. That would have. That movie would have not taken place in 2023. Yeah, no, it, two it's, texts, yeah. and it's over. <laughs> yeah, the FaceTime as soon as you. Yeah, it's, <laughs> right? it's over. But. That's what makes that movie enjoyable. Yeah. It has everything. I mean, Joe Pesci just having... Doing a movie that was just fun. Yeah. Something that you really didn't see Joe Pesci do back then. And I don't know, man. Joe Pesci, when he did... Uh, so My Cousin Vinny was fun? It was. Fucking... Uh, what was the other one that he was in that I fucking... But Lethal Weapon 2? But he they were Leo fun, but they, didn't, they didn't seem like... It, like Home Alone's almost like childish. Oh, absolutely. Like it's, you know, where yeah. it's like... It's like he did that movie and it's like, 
I just want to do a movie for my kids. Yeah, that's what it felt like for sure. You know sure. what I mean? Like, I want to yep. do a movie for my kids. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really see that because my cousin Vinny and all those, they were funny, but they were, they were adults. Like, they were four adults. Right. Um, but Home Alone just, just had the mystique. Yes. It still has one of the most painful seasons to watch. The nail in the foot. Uh, <laughs> two. And then stepping on the Christmas ornaments. Barefoot. Stepping on the Christmas ornaments was the oh, worst for me. man. That was where... Because when, when, when he got... When... Uh, Harry... Yeah. When he got his head on fire, I was yes. like, oh, that's funny and all. <laughs> right. But when, when fucking Daniel Stern steps on the Christmas ornaments, that hurt my feet. And I had shoes on. Yeah. I, I just... And like something about stepping on something barefoot, like the nail, like it just... Both of those scenes just like... Maybe cringe. Yeah. But Home Alone is still one of the best, not not just holiday movies, just best movies from an entertainment value. Oh, you can watch general. it in July. I can literally watch that movie right now yep. and it'd be just as good as I watch it on Christmas Eve, yep. Christmas Day, yeah. whatever. Yeah, but when you do watch it at Christmas, it's like eating it while different. watching the Food Network. Yeah. Like it's just it's perfect. Yeah, like I can. Yeah, it's exactly what like eating a nice steak, watching Gordon Ramsay, Fuck or yeah. something like that. You right? just you just feel better about yourself. Absolutely. So I now I wish my number one movie could have been Angels with <laughs> Filthy Souls <laughs> yeah. because, because that shit was iconic. Yeah. So Home Alone does all that for me, oh, and God, I wore out the VHS because I watched it. Yeah. that much. Absolutely. Yep. That's another one that I know every fucking word to. I love Home Alone. Oh, Excellent man. fucking choice for number yes, one, man. Absolutely. So good. That is it, you guys. Oh my God, this is going to be. You don't know this because you're going to be. This is going to be at the end of several episodes for you guys. <laughs> this is has been a great series. I had so much fucking fun doing this list and fucking talking about it and chopping it up. I hope you will come back. We're going to do another list whenever Amir comes back. Oh, yeah. We're going to be focusing. We talked about Arnold. I'll be back. Oh, my God. Here it is. Yeah, I'm I'm out the door. That's that's my exit cue. He said that too, right? Yeah, Yeah. yeah, no, that's pretty close. (laughs) Whenever Amir is here, we're always going to focus around lists because I had a lot of fun making this list. I know he had a lot of fun making this list. I was texting him and bugging the shit out of him. Just like, I can't fucking do 10. I can't fucking do 10. We're going to do 11. (laughs) So uh, I'm not sure which list we're going to do next, but you guys are going to be the judge of that. Reach out, atomicskullpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know. Let us know which list you want to see next. 80s, the aughts, the teens, or something fucking wacky when it comes to movies or really anything. Amir also goes toe-to-toe with me on TV. Oh, yeah. Right yeah. now, I just keep watching the same fucking bullshit instead of watching <laughs> shit that I should. But old TV, he and I know oh, really, really well. We've yes. talked about that a lot. Yes. I have it on music with him a little bit like he has yeah. me on movies. Yes. But he can hold his own, man. There was one day at Best Buy. I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. It. We talked about this. I'll never fucking forget when I asked everyone over the radio if they could name all nine members of the fucking Wu-Tang Clan. Yes. And dude came over, and he just fucking listed them off real quick. <laughs> I was impressed, because I didn't think you were that much of a music guy. Yeah, yeah. But that's fucking great. So yes. we can do, you name the list, mm-hmm. and we are going to give it our goddamn best. In the meantime, the Gold Star question that I have, and I'm not sure if I'm going to add Gold Star questions for previous weeks, so we're going to see, but... Because we recorded all of this in one day, I'm going to get a little bit meta. We recorded all of this in one day. I am going to consider my New Year's resolution to do Gold Star Questions every week kept. Because the one that I have for you guys is, 
tell me your favorite goodest 90s movie. Not the best one, but what is the one that you watch over and over again that you fucking love? There was so many. I could do another list of these. Oh, easily. Easily do another list of these. So reach out to me at Atomic Skull Podcast on Instagram. You can slide into the DMs. Email me and let me know what your favorite goodest 90s movie is. And I'm going to go over that sometime down the line. I don't know how many episodes this is going to be. I, now I've got tequila in my system. So, you know, <laughs> we're going to see. But thank you very much, Amir. I want to oh, have you back again. This is great. Uh, yeah, this is a lot of fun, man. Thank Absolutely. you so much. And thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. I appreciate it. Fucking, you know. And apologies to my mother-in-law for all of it. And how are you guys doing? 